Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These guys have been decomposing for years. The Flowerland Garden Show is playing live on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Hey there, my friends across the fruited and rooted plains. We're ready to go. It's the Flowerland Show, rhyming already this morning. That's right, we're ready to go here on the Flowerland Show. Rick, Doug, Christy, left to right across your radio dial. Engineer, producer extraordinaire, John Ilk. He's at the controls. And today, behind the glass, there she is. Little wave for Marigold behind the glass today. She'll take your calls, our number. 616-774-2424. Give us a call here on the show. This is a great time of the year to yard and garden. There's so much to think about, and we're going to talk you through it today, right here, right now, on the Flowerland Show. All right, Doug, Christy, you guys ready to go? We are. Always? Always. I like that attitude. Well done. 616 You never know when you're going to have to grab a bag and run, so you got to be prepared. <laughs> Always be prepared. That's right. A lot of great stories to share today. We'll have uh, word of the day. Some great plant uh, information. As a matter of fact, a reminder that uh, starting now, it's important to think about uh, moving plants inside, inside your home that have uh, been staycationing out on the deck or the front porch or wherever they are but we got to start thinking about moving these plants well and and if you're getting ready to move the plants inside this is a great time to think about repotting yes they need that because a lot of them got very robust and grow quite large during the summer i got a couple plants i'm gonna have to repot and at the same time i do that i will put systemic granules in the soil to take care of any little greebles that may have have climbed into the pot over the summer Doug, through the years as we've studied horticulture, did you ever run across a greeble? A greeble, no. What is a greeble? It's a real word, greeble. It's an unidentified unidentified organism. It's a greeble. (laughs) But I'm being serious here. That really is a word? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I want to know these things. Could have said yes. I should have said yes, and it would have made him happy. (laughs) Well, you had me going there. Uh, Of course, greening the great indoors, having plants in our homes is... Well, it's an important component of creating a sustainable indoor ecology and healthy minds and bodies. Uh, indoor plants lead to improved overall environmental quality in our homes. And, of course, there's going to be a lot of talk about that this fall and this winter. Uh, our homes, indoors, uh, and improving that environment, and of course, plants 
an important I'm, part of that. I'm going to have to top out the ficus again this year. It got too tall. I, it, it'll hit the ceiling if I bring it back in that way. You're going to time to start a new one. I, I love that ficus. I've had it forever. It just I cut a couple feet out of the top every year, and it gets a little bushier. But yeah, it's it's almost hits the top of the ceiling now. Is this like Benjamina or one of the the little leafed ficus? Ben, yeah, Benjamina. Not Lyrata? Nope. Okay. Yep. I've had do you, it. For, do you have a lot of leaves drop off uh, once we hit winter? No, because I have southern facing windows that are like floor to ceiling, so okay. they get a lot of light. Yeah. Um, it's bringing it in from the the temperature change because my house is I w- would heat and I have dry heat. And so when the when the furnace starts kicking on that really dry heat, it drops its leaves for about a week, it pouts, and then it gets a little better. Yeah, exactly. 616-774-2424, our number here on the Flower Land Show. Uh, yesterday, or no, Thursday night, I posted some pictures uh, on Flower Land Show Facebook uh, that I took in New York City at the site of the 9-11 Memorial and uh, posted those pictures and coming up on the show at the bottom of the hour we're going to check in with our friend brian mckenzie from bartlett tree experts Uh, of course bartlett on the east coast uh, they were very involved in arranging for growing and planting the swamp white oaks that are throughout that site and there's a reason they chose that tree Uh, A lot of people do not realize that uh, initially, Doug, they were thinking about sweet gum, Mm -hmm. but they veered away from that and chose swamp white oak. Uh, And we'll talk about why and the benefits of the tree. Uh, Those are plant, there are over 400 of those beautiful trees. There's really great uniformity. They did a great job Uh, and it's inspiring. Um, Such an emotional sight when you stand there. Uh, and as, of course, yesterday, uh, we remember those who were lost in those crashes on 9-11. Uh, amazing guys already 19 years ago. Where did it go? Wow. Wow. 19 years. 616-774-2424. So we'll talk to Brian McKenzie uh, about that uh, here on the Flowerland Show and share so much more with you. Mary's been busy behind the glass. She's lining up folks from Caledonia to Grand Rapids, Cascade to Rockford. As a matter of fact, let's slip in a quick call here before we take our first break. And we're going to talk to Leslie in Caledonia. Leslie, good morning. You are on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Good morning, nice Leslie. To talk with you guys today. I knew you could solve my problem. Oh, um, boy. Now the pressure's I- on us, Leslie. But I have great confidence because I've got experience <laughs> with you solving my problems. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, so I have um, some wild, real wild area behind our landscape area. The windows look out. Uh, it's great for wildlife, birds, and so on. But um, the whole area was covered with briars and thistle and so on. So I, you know, I killed it all with Roundup. Now I don't, now I've got brown dirt which isn't nearly as pleasing to the eye so what can i do i you know some natural um maybe even um wildflowers or something some kind of don't want it to grow up real tall but cover that ground and and uh, make it green or pretty what can i do is it a nice sunny spot (laughs) um it gets all morning light to midday okay good uh 
we'll go around the table here. Uh, the first thing I'm going to throw out there is ornamental grasses. Uh, I have used them in situations like that. They're tough. They're drought tolerant. And the deer leave them alone. Uh, my vote would be uh, something like uh, some varieties of miscanthus. Um, I would recommend ornamental grasses. I think it would give that area some real care. Well, how big of an area yeah. is it? Oh, it's probably uh, duh, numbers, not my thing. Um, let's say maybe uh, 20 feet by 20 feet, let's just say that, or 30 feet by 30 feet. Yep. And you're looking to just put a few plants in there? Are you looking for a ground cover type thing? Are you thinking? Well, ground, you know, um, you know, I'm not going to be weeding there. So anything that would sort of, um, uh, you know, fight with any weeds that were having to come up would be good. So ground cover. But, you know, things like myrtle and uh, yep. creeping stuff, you know, I don't know if that can, I don't know if I have to amend that soil. So um, yeah, that would be the first thing. Yeah. See see how healthy that soil is. But I, I love your thinking there. The ground cover way to go would be a good way. You've got a part sun, part shade area. Um, you go back to the, your some of your ground covers. It's a little more sunny, or you can go to sedum ways. But the, the, the ground cover to choke some of those weeds out is a great way to go. But just check and see how much fertility you actually have or how much nutrients are, are available for that plant to grow on. I like the idea of using some lily turf, Leslie. I think lily turf, I've seen that used also. And yeah, it down here where you parked. Fills, yeah, yeah, fills in the area, does a fabulous job, low maintenance. Christy, what Lily would, turf. Lily huh. turf, yes. See, and now I would go for a little bit of dwarf dwarf-following shrubs that only get about two and a half, maybe three foot tall. Spireas, something, something like, like that, Because that. Yeah. that gives you some color and some change of interest and that type of thing through the whole season. Um, Leslie, okay. uh, Leslie, if you want to Google that, I'll give you the spelling. It's L I R. I-O-P-E. People refer to it as lily turf, but it's L-I-R-I-O-P-E. Well, in an area that big, you can actually do uh, several different things. Sure. You can go down each of those roads we talked about. Um, a little ground cover in the front, a little bit higher plant in the back, the spireas, and then you know mix it up with maybe a little bit of color. Yeah, diversity always important, Leslie. Yes. Okay. All well, right. Uh, lily turf, and uh, you can you spell it again? Uh, L I. Oh boy. R O L. Yeah, L I R I O P E. Larope is the correct real name for it, but Lily Turf is the common. Now you know why. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Has a common name. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Lily Turf. Yeah, that one I can remember. And um, I like your idea. I don't think I'd put spirea in there. I have that in some other places and um, not one of my favorites. It's okay. I'll give you a um, a road to go down. Uh, Leslie, thanks for your call. Uh, We got to take a break here on the Flowerland Show. Cultivate a little commerce. More of your calls coming up. 616 774 2424. It's the Flowerland Show on your Saturday morning. Stay tuned. Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show is on the air on News Radio Wood 1300 at 1069 FM. All right, use your two lifts and speak to me. It's the Flowerland Show. Rick Weiss here, Doug Christie seated alongside. Let's get right back to very, very uh, busy phone lines this morning. And we're going to talk next to Grace in Rockford. Grace, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Um, I wanted to talk about the Griebels. I think that's what she said, what Christy said. Yeah. I caught just the tail end of it about some kind of granules that you can put in your pots when you re- bring them in and get rid of the critters. And by the way, uh, Christy, while you talk about that, I'm going to Google the word Griebel. You want me to tell you how to spell it? <laughs> I know how to spell it. Okay. Yeah, there, there's a product called Bonide Systemic Insect Granules. Spell and that. B O N. I D E. Okay. Systemic insect granules. And that first letter was E? B. B, like in boy. B like boy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, and you just you it'll it'll tell you on the package, depending on the size of the pot, you you use so many tablespoons. I mean you don't use a lot of it, and then you water it into the soil and it helps with things like aphids and spider mites. Oh, yeah. Um I've had it even help somewhat with fungus gnats. Um, those are the things that we kind of tend to inherit when we bring our plants back in after being out all summer long because right. we get eggs on the plant and then they get in our nice warm houses and we water them and they hatch. And that's why a lot of us replant them before right. we bring Right, a lot them. of people will replant at this point, but if you're not at the point where you need to replant, mm-hmm. yep. repot a plant, this is a good way to go. And I can get it at Flowerland? Yes, you can. Wonderful. By the way, right. b- before I let you go, Grace, uh, yeah. I did Google it and a greeble is a prominent detailing added to the surface of a larger object that makes it appear more complex. That is agreeable. No, it's an unidentified organism living in your soil. <laughs> so thank you, you so much. Thank you very much, Grace. Appreciate that. Right. So, so it's a real word. There's your word for the day, Greeble. There you go, Greeble. You may gonna, use that one. I will. We're going to add it to the list. Jeff in Grand Rapids is up next. Jeff, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Good morning, Jeff. I am interested in learning what might be a safe way to remove spray-painted graffiti from mature trees. We live in a really beautiful part of town with mature trees lining the street and gardens in everyone's yard, but someone felt the need to express themselves using 
spray paint on oh, some oaks no. and maples. Is there any way, I, I've read there are some things definitely not to do. Mm-hmm. Do you have any suggestions on how that might come off? You know, one interesting thing, thing that pops into my head right away, and by the way, Jeff, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to Brian uh, McKenzie. He is an arborist with Bartlett Tree Experts. We're going to talk about the trees planted at the 9-11 Memorial in New York City at the site of the World Trade Centers. Uh, and so we will ask him that question also to see if he has an idea. But I'll tell you what, the first thing that comes to mind for me is it would be far easier to clean off the graffiti off, let's say, a species like beech than it would, let's say, an oak, you know, where you have that deep-furrowed bark texture. Yeah. I wonder if some sort of, you know, there's a lot of organic enzymatic cleaners where the little enzymes just break down the the surface and then you you natural weathering would remove the rest of it or like a hose with a you know a power spray type thing after you put one of these uh, enzymatic cleaners on they use those a lot to where they can't use really toxic stuff yeah and Jeff I don't know what you've uh, seen in your reading but if you took for example uh, a cleaning component like vinegar vinegar can be toxic to plants right mm-hmm. And right, I, and I I, I've, I've read, too, that uh, uh, mineral spirits, which you'd think, uh, the, the thing that I've seen suggested is olive oil, um, but I haven't tried it yet. Interesting. I would, I'd at least give it a try. I'd at yeah. least give that a, a, a try. That makes I'd, sense. I'd saturate me. it pretty well, though, to let it, let it mm-hmm. kind of bond to that paint. And then but, again, but, I would I would take a a little bit of a pressure spray afterwards, um, like a nozzle that gets a good stream of water, and kind of spray that over it to help lift that off. Yeah, um, good. And I'll be listening to the to the bottom of the hour to to yeah. to, to hear your uh, interview. Yeah, Jeff, we'll make sure to ask him that question, and we'll and we'll we'll give that a little bit of thought because it's a great question. And I'll tell you, Jeff, I've never been asked that well, question that's the, pretty interesting the good news is, is and it, it'll take a while but nature will take its course and that will fade and disappear like many other things do yeah. um from weathering yeah, a lot of years though <laughs> i know will yeah, yeah jeff, uh, jeff did you say yeah. there are oak trees there's a mix of oak and okay. maple yeah mix of oak and maple okay we'll yeah. chat with uh we'll chat with brian about that at the bottom of the hour jeff all right real good thanks so right. much thank you Bye-bye. very much very interesting I want to research that a little bit. 616-774-2424, number here on the Flowerland Show. Uh, Helen in East Grand Rapids next. Helen, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, um, good to talk to you. I have a dilemma that I have never encountered before. I have extensive uh, perennial garden, and I have a lot of the echinacea, the purple coneflower, and I leave that up all winter for the birds, because particularly the finches like the seeds. Right. Well, something in the last couple of weeks has been coming through my garden and nipping just the heads off of the flowers, not the dried one, ones that are already dried, but the ones that are still a flower, and they are like three, four, five feet off the ground, just nipping the heads off, not disturbing anything else. Mm-hmm. Not disturbing the the rudbeckia or any of the other flowers, but just taking the coneflower. I've never had this before. We don't, I don't think, have a problem with deer. Mm-hmm. But what could be doing that? Yeah, and deer would uh, deer would tend to leave them alone. 
Um, if you, for example, I've, I've run across this before, like Horticulture Magazine says, always look to the rabbits, that the rabbits are doing that. I'm not, I see tall. I'm, I'm not, well, an adult rabbit, a wild rabbit on its hind legs can get three, three and a half feet in the air. Right, but you're talking about the tall echinaceas, right? I'm you're, talking about the tall echinaceas yeah, and magnets. Yeah, so there's no way that that's the case. The other and, they, ro- and they're not bent over. Right, exactly. You know? And so, no, nothing else in the garden is disturbed. Yep. So we rule out rabbits. Uh, another thing that they throw out there uh, are slugs. And uh, that randomly throughout the whole, I, I do not have a problem with slugs in the front garden. That's a sunny garden, and I have okay. never seen a slug out there. How in about, the back, how about pastas, that's another story. How about earwigs? How about earwigs? No, I have not seen earwigs. Okay. Mm-hmm. But right. earwigs would be a nighttime thing. They don't usually come out. It's like it's a whole bunch of them. Hmm. A whole yeah, bunch that's... of the You have a naughty neighbor child? <laughs> <laughs> but, and it's like they're bitten off. It's not like they're snipped off with a with a with shears. Yeah, and because of the size of those uh, taller echinaceas, you would think deer right away would be doing... Do you have deer pressure around your home? No. Okay. All right. And deer, you'd, you'd, it, I mean, usually if you look in the soil around the plant, you'd see the little... No, no little pellets. Okay. Well, or hoof prints, too. No hoof prints. All right. No hoof prints, no deer poop. Mm-hmm. Hang on a minute. We will uh, pick up the phone line here in the studio. Interesting. Hey, folks, you got your thinking caps on this morning. Thank you very much. Brian McKenzie coming up at the bottom of the hour. Chuck Latour stands by. He's going to update us with the news next here on News Radio, Wood 1300, 106.9 FM. If you plant it, mow it, or grow it, they know it. Now, more of Rick, Doug, and Christy and the Flowerland Garden Show on Wood Radio. All right, jump around, jump around. It's the Flowerland Show. Let's get going. It's Saturday morning. We got things to do, folks. Let's do it. Rick Doug Christie on your Saturday morning. Jump around. Look at that. Doug's on the table jumping around. Maybe we'll get uh, Brian McKenzie. There you go. Let's see if we can get Brian McKenzie to join us here also on the Flowerland Show. Maybe he can jump around. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning, John. Uh, good morning, Brian. How are you? I am. I am good. You're making me tired, though. <laughs> do, do you feel jumpy? <laughs> I feel so jumpy. Yeah, you had too much coffee this morning. That's uh, that's the problem. With us on the live line is Brian McKenzie from Bartlett Tree Experts, and uh, we're going to talk this morning uh, about swamp white oak and why we would talk about that. But but before we do that, Brian, I need to ask you. We had an interesting call. In the first half hour, I don't know if you were tuned into the show, uh, but Jeff called us and said that. Some of course he was. He's there every two uh, two hours every Saturday. 
Yeah. He has you nothing better it, to do. He has nothing better to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jeff had in his neighborhood someone spraying graffiti on the trees and then asked how he would clean that off. He said oaks and maples. Have you ever run across that, Brian? Uh, I don't believe I actually have. Hmm. Um, me, me. Yeah, me neither. Well, that's a terrible thing to do to a tree. Oh, it's an awful thing to do. I mean, it's it's terrible. See, my my first thought. And and then I, how I, do you clean it? I, it? It's not. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been a nice the answer he wanted. My first thought was just take light brown spray paint and spray over the paint that was already there. Oh goodness. <laughs> well, look like a know, big patch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is one thought. Christy, you know, we think alike on too many things. Can <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you admit it? Because we'll have to talk about squirrels if we uh, go there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you brought it up, Brian, and I was thinking about you the other day when I saw a squirrel in the middle of the road. Um, and I, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, I forget where it was, to, to someone that I have this large group of friends and I've got these people on one side, Brian, you and Christy who shoot squirrels and then put them on the grill. And I got other people out here, Christy, who just love squirrels and build like little patio sets and picnic tables for them and feed them. So, you know, it's, it's a polarizing topic. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) They're right. And they know it. Let's get back to cleaning the trees. Christy, put it away. All right. So, Brian, uh, any thoughts? Like, you know, I had I had thrown out there uh, vinegar, but of course, vinegar is toxic to plants. I mean, we we use that as a weed killer. Um, I'm I'm not quite yeah. sure. Or or would it just be a scrub brush with some uh, some soap and water? Well, I think probably a scrub brush and and uh, some natural cleaner like Simple Green or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, it's probably not going to get all of it off, but right. it might lighten it up enough so that it's uh, acceptable. Yeah. 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 I think that that makes sense. I think, in, in other words, we're going to have to add, we can't just spray something on it. We're going to have to add some elbow. Well, like the comment you made, I think the, each bark is different, the textures and the way it absorbs. Exactly. So the maple is going to be easier to clean than the oak, probably. So, Yeah, very true. Um, and and obviously over time as that bark sloughs off, it's going to, uh, assuming assuming the graffiti artists don't show up again, it it will eventually disappear, but that's going to take a while. Yeah, and, and using the terminology artist is rather benevolent on your part, Brian, but yes, I understand. <laughs> there are words we can't say on the radio because we've had sensitivity training. <laughs> This is a family show, Rick. Yeah, That's correct, right. correct. I remind Christy of that all the time. So, um, in my family, it's perfectly acceptable. Brian, uh, I visited the nine uh, eleven memorial in New York City a number of times, the site of the uh, World Trade Center, and it's such a moving, uh, moving experience when you go there. And of course, yesterday we remembered. Uh, all those who were lost uh, in those uh, tragic attacks uh, back in 2001. And when they decided to build the memorial, they had to think about what kind of tree to plant. And I found it interesting that one of the trees 
that they had considered was a, a favorite of uh, Alexander Hamilton. As a matter of fact, you see it planted around his home up in Harlem. I was there last year, uh, and that is sweet gum. Uh, but they opted for swamp white oaks, and Bartlett tree experts on the uh, East Coast were involved in growing those trees and in that process. Is that correct, Brian? That is correct, and uh, I, I'm grateful that they, not not that I'm uh, not a fan of um, sweet gum, but as we know, there can be a, a bit of a fruit problem with those, so exactly. I'm glad they went a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Bartlett was uh, involved, has been involved with the care of those trees uh, since 2006. Okay. Okay. And and what I love about those trees on that site, Brian, is with the swamp white oak, uh, they there's real uniformity with the tree. And I think that's what they were after. They wanted to create this, this canopy because there's, you know, to the eye when you stand there, there's just this stark difference between the black water fountains and the, the pit that's in the center there where the water disappears, and then you cast your eyes into these trees. These trees are just absolutely beautiful. They, they are remarkable trees, and clearly uniformity was one of the things that they were striving for. Um, they selected those trees from six different nurseries from five or six different states. And as I understand it, they looked at uh, actually several thousand potential candidates to before they selected the ultimate somewhere in the neighborhood of 400. I think, I think they selected a few more than that, um, mm-hmm. that ultimately ended up in a, uh, a nursery in New Jersey for four or five years. And part of that process, uh, was at least annual pruning, uh, as they were growing, uh, up to, I believe they were about 10 inches in caliper when they moved them to the site. Um, but not only was the pruning to develop proper structure and such for for long-term health, but it was also to uh, develop some uniformity in the overall shape. Yeah, absolutely. Swamp white oak or, and we always do word of the day, Brian, so, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but botanical name Quercus. Quercus bicolor for mm-hmm. folks who are keeping score at home want to Google it. A great tree. I, you know, I I would think that this would be a great tree to grow here in West Michigan. And part of the reason that they picked that tree, the swamp white oak, is that it's native to all three spots that were affected by the attacks: New York City, Arlington County, and Virginia, and then of course uh, Shanksville, Pen- uh, Pennsylvania, also. Uh, do you think it's a good species to grow here in West Michigan, Brian? I, I think it's a fantastic tree. I have uh, several seedlings at my house, um, and it, one of the, I guess, one of the things you have to be careful with is it's ultimately going to be a very large tree. So um, we tend to be sometimes a little short-sighted when we plant trees. Uh, when we select their, their location, we have to, have to be careful. That tree is going to get 50 or 60 feet tall, 
but probably more importantly, it's going to get 40 to 50 feet wide. Yes. So it's a, it's a wonderful tree, but it needs space. Yes, exactly. You can't just take the attitude 50 years from now, it'll be somebody else's problem. No, well, <laughs> you know, Christy, we prune a lot of white pine and river birch that are planted five feet off of the corner oh. of people's houses. And, uh, it's, it's tricky to, to keep those there for more than about 20 years. Yeah, no question. You have yeah. to plan ahead. Um, the, uh, the tree Quercus bicolor, uh, I'm assuming they call it bicolor because the foliage, these lobed leaves, which are very attractive, uh, have kind of a two-tone appearance. They're dark green on the top and silvery white on the underside. Uh, it's a tree with a lot of character and makes for a great canopy, Brian. It does. It's a it's a wonderful shade tree. Um, the uh, as long as we're on word of the day, mm-hmm. what makes the makes the bottom of those leaves white is called a glaucus bloom. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, how's that for a word? That I love it. You said about you. Hang on a minute, Brian. You said glaucus bloom. Correct. Okay. People um, are people I, are googling that all over the country now, Brian. Oh, I'm, have, have you ever heard of the word greeble? <laughs> <laughs> it's real. <laughs> oh, you guys come up with a lot of words that are real that I've never heard before. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, I I like that. I'm going to add that. I I did not know that. That's interesting. Glaucus bloom, and that's uh, you're referring to that that silvery white underside. Correct, and you can if you rub it, you can uh, it it will rub off, not entirely, but um, but yes, that's what makes that interesting leaf. And and you know when they flutter in the breeze, you get that when you see the top and the bottom as it as the leaves flutter and uh, gives a, a a pretty awesome appearance to that tree. That's that's part of what makes this such a great canopy for that memorial. I mean, that's, yeah. At one time it was considered the most popular tree planted out there. Oh really? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if that's still a bit uh, right, but I know back, back, I don't know, the late nineties, 2000, they, they were actually considered the number one tree planted, you know, cause it can plant, be planted so many places. Right. Um, right. I mean, it's pretty drought tolerant, isn't it, Brian? It is. And it's pretty adaptable. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, I think oaks get kind of a bad rap for slow growth, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's it's got, you know, in the right site and cared for, it can have pretty reasonable uh, growth rate, um, and it's, it's very long. I mean, it'll easily live well over 100 years, so, um, That's great. I mean, I think the, the ultimate plan at the 9-11 memorial is they're hoping for... 60 to 80 years uh, out of those trees. And mm-hmm. that's obviously in a, in a heavily modified uh, planting location. So you can, can definitely get longer than that if it's planted um, oh, yeah. out in a more natural setting. And a lot of foot traffic. Right. So yeah. is Bartlett still involved with the care of those trees today? And do you hear things happening out there? Um, I don't really hear of things happening other than occasionally I'll see an article mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's written about that. But yes, we still are under contract to care for those trees. Initially, we were uh, hired to grow them in the nursery until they were planted. Um, but our 
our care. Fortunately, uh, the company is, as you might expect, pretty pretty honored to be able to care for those trees. Uh, so exactly. that, that care is ongoing. Exactly. Brian, always nice to talk to you as we shine the spotlight this morning on Swamp White Oaks. They are planted at the 9-11 Memorial in New York City at the site of the uh, the Twin Towers uh, that, of course, collapsed uh, 19 years ago yesterday. Uh, Brian, thanks for sharing with us, and uh, I hope you enjoy your Saturday. Thank you, and thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for having me on. All right, thank you very much. Brian McKenzie, Bartlett Tree Experts. Quick break, more of your calls, 616-774-2424. It's the Flowerland Show on your Saturday morning. Stay tuned. Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show is on the air on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. All right, you, my friend, are in for a root awakening. It's the Flowerland Show. Rick, Doug, Christie, your Saturday morning. All right, we got to get right back to uh, very busy phone lines here. Mike in Cascade is up next. Mike, good morning. Thanks for your patience. You are on the Flowerland Show. Well, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. I got to tell you how much I enjoy listening to you guys every week, and I've been taking notes. Well, so thanks. this last week I got all my aerating done, overseeding, and this morning I'm going to hit everything with milorganite before the rain. Outstanding. You, but, you well, sir, are an entrepreneur, and that's meant as a compliment. Well, while I was out, when I get that done, I was reminded that uh, I had an issue with asparagus beetles mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. and they've been neglected, and I was wondering what I can do this time of year to treat them, uh, to eradicate them before next season. Okay, well, that's great. Uh, you know, part of IPM, Integrated Pest Management, I do know that harvesting the spears uh, early cuts uh, cuts it short. Right, right? And, then, and then during the course of the season, of course, when we want to get rid of the adults using something like neem, um, if you do it early in the day, you can use insecticidal soaps that will coat and suffocate the adults. The The biggest problem you have is that you want to encourage as much bird activity, ladybugs, that type of thing as possible because those are all natural predators to those insects. Correct. And in addition, then after harvest, uh, very important to clean up garden debris. And you can consider turning the soil over around the plants because it disturbs the overwintering beetles. Uh, that's, that's an organic approach also that will help. It's not going to solve the problem, but it does help. And then... Uh, is it, is it, would this be the wrong time of year now to take the ferns, cut the ferns? Uh, I could um, get those out of there and uh, clean that up. Uh, would the beetles be in the ground now or still in part of the plant? I would think they're in the ground. They're in the ground probably by now. And, and which brings up a point, if, uh, if you look this up, you will see some people who have gone to the point of spreading salt, which is an old-time practice uh, in the fight against asparagus beetles, but not recommended because it's, it's going to f- adversely affect the condition of your soil. Now, it, it, barring any other things, you can get, um, a, you can get natural 
um, things like diatomaceous earth or even uh, powdered spinosad, like a, a powdered dead bug brew type product. And turn when, as Rick said, you can turn the soil. The diatomaceous earth is just abrasive. And so that would be something right. that when the beetles came in contact with it, as you turn the soil, that would cause abrasions that would cause them to dehydrate and desiccate. Is, would there be a problem with taking the ferns off at this point? No. Yeah, I would agree. So if I take the ferns off and till it real lightly. Yep, and really uh, really good cleanup. Clean it, yeah. Clean anything, any kind of debris, any kind of, of weeds, anything like that out of the area. And uh, good, good luck to you, Mike. Thank you very much for your call. David Indoor next. David, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Hey, quick question. I have a, uh, I think it's a Japanese cherry tree, kind of an ornamental thing, smaller, but they weep and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. Weeping cherry, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, weeping cherry. Mm-hmm. And I always have done a good job um, keeping it trimmed up every year. But last year, I, I didn't get to it. And uh, the canopy grew up probably five to six feet taller. Can I whack that back off, or is my tree just that big now and just trim up what's around there now? If it grew five or six feet, there's two things may have happened. One, it may have had water sprout, which would have gone straight up, and then and then weep. The other thing is you may have actually had a part of the graft, or below the graft, the regular tree take off. And I would be looking at that trunk to make sure it's not at the graft, and then take that off completely. So, you know, that tree is grafted at a certain height, and then it's supposed to weep. Well, sometimes what happens off the um, trunk of the tree, it actually starts to grow, and that may be your problem. I would look very closely, see where the growth is coming from, and then whack it off. You will see that driving through neighborhoods, uh, Doug, when you see these weeping cherries. It's kind of like boing, and it just shoots up into the air. And if you got a pink flowering weeping cherry, and you get this white flowering cherry that comes out of it, you know that's not the graft you wanted or the plant you wanted. So I would take that off. So uh, very wise. I'll take a picture of it and bring it into the store. You there you go. Yeah, we can see it and look at it. Yeah, but that's probably yeah. what's happened. Yeah, because it happens more than you think. Get, get some close-up pictures of the graft, especially. All right, not a problem. I'll see kids at the store then. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Enjoy your show. Thank you very much, David. Appreciate that. Let's go to beautiful West Muskegon and talk to Roger. Roger, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Staying grounded, Roger. What's going on? Well, I'm calling because I have to have some work done around my foundation, and amongst the plants I have to pull out is a bush called a wagelia. Sure. And it's, I put it in about two years ago. It's a beautiful bloomer, uh, and it reblooms, and it's about in places five and a half feet tall. I was wondering how I go about transplanting it now, and it's only going to be out of the ground for, I'm guessing. No more than a week and a half. Well, I'll tell you and what, I'm real quick. Back in, and this would be in October. Real quickly, Roger, prune back plants that are going to be moved. It takes some of the stress off them. This is a great time of year to move a plant like that. Uh, but we are at the top of the hour, so why don't we pick up the phone line here in the studio? We'll help you through that, all right? Hang on a minute. We'll pick up the line. It's the Flowerland Show. Another hour coming your way. Chuck Latour stands by. He's going to update us with the news at the top of the hour. Word of the day, great stories, and your calls coming up in the next hour. It's the Flowerland Show. The news, it's next. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These guys have been decomposing for years. The Flowerland Garden Show is playing live on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Okie dokie, Artie Chokey, here we go. Second hour of the Flowerland Show coming your way. Rick Doug Christie, left to right across your radio dial. Award winning engineer, producer extraordinaire, John Ilk is at the controls. Thank you, John. And behind the glass, Marigold this morning. She's been real busy too, lining up calls. And thank you very much there, Marigold. All right. Hey, by the way, make sure to share the begin ding here. Thank you. Uh, by the way, make sure to share the Flowerland Show podcast with friends and neighbors. Folks are doing that across the fruited and rooted plain. Look for Flowerland Show where you get your podcast. As a matter of fact, John reminds me that we continue to climb the charts in the UK as well as down under in Australia. So, and you wonder why that is. I mean, what is the appeal? <laughs> I know what it is, but uh, I'm not going to say it. So there you go. Well, fun. Ask, me, ask me later. <laughs> <La di da>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, and uh, in addition to that, uh, make sure to visit myflowerland.com. We got something big going on there later on this week. Thank you very much.com. Make sure to visit that. And, of course, Facebook. You can look for me personally on Facebook or Flowerland Show. As a matter of fact, I posted pictures that I took at the 9-11 Memorial in New York City. And the uh, trees that we were talking to Brian McKenzie about earlier, if you're interested in the Quercus bicolor or swamp white oak, the, the species which was used at the site of the memorial. 616-774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. By the way, i got to mention something real quickly because I'm excited about this. You're looking pretty dapper today, Doug. Thank you. And you're looking very fine over there, Christy. No, I'm not, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I dragged myself out of bed and threw this on. <laughs> I love these pants. These pants are like the best. These are wicking pants. You know, when we run, we Wiccan. wear these wicking, oh. <laughs> wicking pants. Okay. These things are just absolutely awesome. I love these things. And they got a great bao yang. You ever hear the word bao yang? Bao yang is the strap that holds pants up. Oh. That's a bao yang. That's not what I thought you said the first time. <laughs> Did you know that? No. It's a B-O-W-Y-A-N-G, a bao yang. I think, at least I think I got that right. So there you go. Uh, that holds the plants, uh, the plants. The plants up. <laughs> My plants up. 616-774-2424, our number uh, here on the Flowerland Show. 
Robert in Grand Rapids is next. Robert, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Um, before I ask my question, I just wanted to mention, I believe what's eating the woman's um, echinacea is mm-hmm. a groundhog, because I had a similar problem here. And um, what I did is I went to Flowerland and bought that shotgun repels all and sprayed them, and that seems like that took care of it. Hey, that's, uh, so. that's good at Christy, not, not that kind of, kind of shotgun, but yes. <laughs> And thank you for sharing that. Her only problem was that, uh, you know, there are some very tall echinaceas that grow to four to five feet tall, and that's what she's dealing with. So I'm not so sure because many times a groundhog is like a bull in a china shop. But but that repellent is a good way to go, and an she awesome may want to try that. You bet. Uh, what was your question yeah. this morning? Well, I have a neighbor with a mugo pine that has scale, and she did put on a uh, systemic insecticide, but... It didn't really clear it up. She wanted to know what else she could be doing. I wasn't sure if a dormant oil or something would be helpful. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. A dormant oil spray may help, but the whole key is timing. Right. When and how bad. it's applied and how bad it is. Yeah. Exactly, Doug. How far gone yeah. it is. But timing is going to be the key, and the crawler stage is May and June. So that's actually okay. when you want to use your horticultural oil sprays is in May or June. Yeah, but if it's really, really bad and it's almost like white uh, canes or trunks there, I, you know, at that point you almost give up. Yes. Uh, because that plant can be readily replanted or put something else in that area. That and scale's be- a tough thing to get under control once that, it's gotten that far. Well, yeah, it's got protection and it yep. uses it. So, yeah, but you're right. You guys are right. The timing is going to be key in that. Okay, so just the dormant oil in May and June is the option. You can use dormant oil spray. I've seen uh, uh, Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew yep. recommended. I've seen uh, insecticidal soap. But I just, I just think that when you're dealing with scale, identifying the crawler stage is what's key. And that's going to be May and June with that pine. If you think about it, those those guys are are hibernating. They're they're back on the hard shell. They're they're not doing much activity, exactly. and that's they're what protected. that's what Christy and Rick are saying. They're they're saying when they're active, when they're out and about, that's when you want to get them. Okay. Good luck. To All you. right. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much for your call. Six one six seven seven four twenty four twenty four. Our number here on the Flowerland Show. Diane's calling from Rockford. Hi, Diane. Hi there. How can we help you? I have a I have a flower bed of uh, ten to twelve peony plants, mm-hmm. but it's also been invaded with snow on the mountain. Oh, I'm oh. so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. When will you be moving? What's the best <laughs> What's the best way to get to get rid of the snow on the mountain without damaging the peonies? Actually, you're moving into a really good time of year to do it. And what we oh, can good. do is, I I would take a piece of cardboard and to protect your peonies. And put it against them, and then spray a brush killer over top of the snow on the mountain. Okay, brush killer being what? Um, it, it's just it's called poison ivy or br- poison ivy and brush killer. Most of them just say brush killer on them, like the ones we carry. We carry brush killer BK thirty two, which is a concentrate, but you can also get it in a ready to use form. <laughs> What? Okay. BK32. You and yeah. I had one of those for lunch the other day. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was but this is good. A, was a little sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the time of year when the, 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 the chemical in there that actually helps kill out the product or the plant is drawn way down into the root system. So this is actually okay. an excellent time of the year to treat it. And as far as protecting those peonies, just make sure you have a physical barrier between the plant and the spray. It doesn't move through the soil. It's only going to 
kill the foliage it touches. Oh, okay. And for people keeping All score right. at home, Diane uh, mentioned snow on the mountain. Yeah. And for someone who doesn't know what snow on the mountain is, it, it almost conjures up images of Julie Andrews and, you know, the hills are alive and sound of <laughs> music. She's going to climb on the mountain and swear. It's such a <laughs> totally wonderful different, name. Totally different than that. Exactly. Snow on the mountain. Agapodium. Agapodium is uh, yeah. what you would Google. Very difficult to get rid of, but you can do I, it. And I've told this story before. When I moved to the property I live on now, somebody thought it would be really cool to plant agapodium along the driveway. It grew down into the driveway. We drove cars over top of it, and it wouldn't die. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. But it is a plan. If you continue to cut it back, cut it back, I, cut it back, cut it back, it does give up. So yeah. next year may be the year, like Rick says, you just work all year on it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to take all that time, but yeah. well, um, if you spray it this, 32. Yeah, if you spray it this fall, you'll knock it way back, and any little bit that comes back next year, just clip yeah. it down, and you'll you'll get on top of it. All right, great. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. The hills are alive with the sound. I'm serious. We drove music. cars over that stuff, and it wouldn't die. I finally brush killered it. <laughs> Vicki in Hudsonville next. Vicki, good morning. You are on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Um, question, two questions. One, do you recommend cover crops in my raised beds? And if you do, what should I plant? I'm hearing all different kinds of opinions on okay. that. Cover crops are commonly used in in-ground gardens. It will not hurt one bit to put them into your raised bed gardens. In fact, it is beneficial. It's a, it's okay. a green fertilizer. We at Flowerland sell winter rye, which is a very specific okay. kind. Um, we sell it by the pound. So if even if you just have a small area, you can get just the amount you need. But what that does is it helps reduce soil erosion. It helps um, add nutrients to the soil when you turn it in the spring. Um, it's it's a great way to go. And yet, you know, because okay. it is a raised bed, it's a small area. And we do a lot of times we'll do that with uh, amendments. Yeah, a lot so, of times we yep. you can. This would be the time also that where you could start to put peat, dehydrated cow manure, shredded leaves. Right. Dairy do kind of products. Right. Yep. There, yep. You had another question? That's what I. I've, yes, I have a, well, in the past, I've just put my chopped leaves on and put them in, and I've got compost piles going in the back, and I add that, too, but I'm just trying to make my soil, because right. we really use it and abuse it. So yeah, so the I compost is a good way to do it. Okay. And then one other quick question. Um, I have a dwarf lilac that we've had, we have three of them, along a hillside, all of a sudden, like overnight, the leaves from the outside in started turning brown. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that would be? If I had to guess, it would be powdery and, mildew. I was going to say, mildew has been horrible this year. Okay. And, and so very typical it. in lilacs. Is it in a good sunny spot, Vicki? It is. Okay. And it's it's yeah. right on the edge. It, it's just weird that all mine, of a Mine have a southwest exposure, full sun from the time the sun comes up till it goes down, and I've been fighting, but does fighting it get powdery mildew this year. Does it get watered often? Oh. Um, yes, but not over. Uh, I don't over water, and we don't have uh, in ground or anything. Okay. But it is overhead watering because I have to use a sprinkler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those plants do give up. They're, they're, they're getting yeah. tired. Yeah, exactly. They are really after like that long. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Oh, the good news is, okay. is if you clean up this fall, you won't have it as bad next year. <laughs> Thanks for your call, oh, okay. uh, Vicki. Appreciate that. Good luck to you. We got to take a break here cultivate a little commerce here on the flower land show then back to uh, more of your calls 616-774-2424 it's the flower land show on your saturday morning
Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show is on the air on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. All right, dirty job. Somebody's got to do it. The Flowerland Show on your Saturday morning. You know, I was disappointed this past week. Before we go back to the phone lines, I was disappointed to see this news story about the uh, about Pringles potato chips because I love Pringles. I, I must really, have missed that news story. Like Pringles, well, they don't have enough flavors for you. No, the uh, criticism because the uh, the the tube that the Pringles come in to protect them. There goes my chair. I was gonna say. <laughs> Equipment malfunction here in the studio. But I'm a trained professional. I continue on as though Come on, I'm hanging out to the Pringle story. I was going to say. So uh, the Recycling Association dubbed it the number one recycling villain, saying that the can is uh, very troublesome and uh, difficult to recycle. They call it a recycler's nightmare. Isn't it just a cardboard tube? 90% of the can, the new can, they're working on new cans, but no, you got the plastic lid, you got the metal ring, you got the hard cardboard tube, uh, the the pop top. But they're so good. But they're so good. I can't say I'm a fan. So many flavors. I love the uh, salt and vinegar ones. Oh, those are so good. See, I like salt and vinegar chips, but I like the kettle chips, so. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, so there you now have I'm it. I'm hungry. We've been talking about food. <laughs> Maybe I'm making a uh, batra kamoyamaki out of that. That's another word I was looking at this week. I can't pronounce it. Batra kamoyamachia. Yeah, that. just like that. <laughs> that. It's called making a mountain out of a molehill. That's what the word means. Wouldn't it just be safe? Batra kamoyamachia. Wouldn't it just be easier to say making a mountain out of a molehill? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Batrachomyomachia. But the way she says it sounds so much better. I'd rather be... See, I'd like to say that instead of saying, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. But if you go up to somebody and say, you're making maca shuakawaka. (laughs) That's not it. (laughs) That. They aren't going to know what you're talking about. (laughs) No, it's... That. That is the word. That is the word, and it means making a mountain out of a molehill. Exactly. I've heard it now pronounced seven times different ways now. How can you be sure? Yeah. And that's what I said. <laughs> All right. I believe it's uh, Alyssa uh, in Comstock Park. Alyssa, did I get your name right or did I mess that up? Good morning. Louise. Oh. I was yeah. way off. <laughs> it's quite all right. Well, I hi, Louise. <laughs> hi, Louise. How are you? Wow. I am doing well, thank you. How are you? I am uh, I'm staying grounded, yes. So uh, Good. Wow. Okay, then. <laughs> what can we do for you? Um, I have a pair of Japanese maple, one on each corner of the front of my home. They've been there for a very long time. The one on the south side of the house this year all of a sudden looks like it got sprayed or hit with something, which it did not, but it just like it dried up. All what? the leaves fell off. I mean, there's just nice growth across the top. Sure, but right. But everything on the bottom is all laying down, and I, I, don't, I can't figure it out. Louise, when did that happen? Good question. Okay. It's right under my kitchen window, and I can't believe I've never noticed this, but it had to be sometime in the middle of this summer. Okay. The reason for that, Doug, of course, multiple things that we have to look at. We saw a lot of damage to Japanese maples early this year mm-hmm. due to a hard frost just after they had foliated. 
you had dry drought weather where we saw damage to Japanese maples that weren't getting a deep watering. You have anthracnose. south, yeah. Yep. You have anthracnose that fits that description. It's a disease, causes the foliage to turn brown, drop off. Could be a, mul- mm-hmm. a multitude of things, Louise, but Doug, uh, you know, when push comes to shovel, I always recommend just scratching some of the bark on the branches and see if it's green under. Good place to start, yeah. Go back and, and okay. see if there's any life in those uh, tissues that uh, are de-leafed, de- no, no foliage on them. Okay. So that's where I would start. Um, but I think, but it keeps it keeps going on top. I mean, the top has still got sure. seeds on it yet, looking good. Sure. Then I might think it okay. might have been that late frost or some kind of uh, growth in the summertime that uh, really burned that plant. But then the plant's actually fighting back. Um, mm-hmm. But so. it, it doesn't mean it's not going to come back. And the other issue okay, is that's... I continue to remind people that we're coming up on a time of year when we get into winter. It's a great time to prune a Japanese maple that maybe is a little out of control or under stress. It's a great time to great time to, to cut to it feed back. something and like, feed it. Yeah, yeah, late October into November. Yeah, you got some kind of mulch that's covering the base at all or anything like that? Uh yeah, we got the black mulch. Okay, good. And probably this winter, you probably want to protect a little bit from the west wind or the south sun for the winter time. Just there's get, no west. Okay, there's no west to get at it because it's in the corner of the southeast. Perfect. Good. Perfect. Good. Yep. Yeah, good spot for it. Just because I'm saying this is probably one year, it's going to be a little bit harder. The winter's going to be a little harder. And if it is if it is going into the fall a little under stress, that creates problems coming out next spring. So Right, so feeding okay. it and making sure that it's deep watered, especially if we don't get a lot of rain. And uh, let's see what uh, happens next year. But I'd still contend that the pruning shears this winter might be a good idea. Okay. Thank you for your call, Louise. Appreciate it. Absolutely. 616-774-2424. Alyssa, where did that come from? I have no idea. Uh, Al in Holt. Al, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Hi, can you hear me? Yep, gotcha, Al. What's going on? Oh, I was calling and references um, sunflower, sunflowers uh, where the head stepped off or nipped off at the top. Yep. Now. Yeah. Oh, it's echinacea. Same things happened to me. Uh, I had like ten of them in a group, and like I got like three left, and like a couple of them just plain disappeared. Well, I'll tell you what, and Al. Went on the ground. Yep. I'll tell you what, Al. I'm sure that there are people out there across the fruited and rooted plain who have a thought on this or an idea in this regard, and probably the first culprit you think of with a sunflower would be deer, because of the size of the plants. However. In my research, I found a lot of people struggle with squirrels, believe it or not, and squirrels doing that damage. And think about it. Squirrels raid the bird feeder, right? So they can get on a sunflower and leave a mess, nip off the tops. Uh, I would the smaller not, ones away? Yeah, I would not be surprised if it's squirrels. Would, would a squirrel take a big chunk out of one of them, like a big bite? Sure. Well, yeah, because they pack their cheeks and then carry the food back to their nesting area. So squirrels, raccoons, something like that. But I, the first culprit I would check out would be squirrel. And, you know, just like with the other caller, Christy, probably something like the repels all trying would, that. Yep. Uh, may be a good choice if you do not intend to consume these uh, sunflower seeds. 
No, I was just curious of what it could have been. Uh, I only got there's only three left. The rest of them are gone. Yeah. So okay, it happened at at nighttime. Yeah, overnight. Okay, yeah, raccoons or squirrel, raccoons or squirrels are my best guess, Al. Okay, thank you. Thanks for your call, folks. On hold from Byron Center to Wyoming, Nuego. Hang on, we're going to give you a good swift kick in the plants. Chuck Latour will update us with the news. And more stories to share with you and a reminder to bring in those plants, those house plants. Let's get them inside as, uh, well, the times they are changing. <laughs> the news is next. Stay tuned. It's Open Lawn Saturday, and the Flowerland Garden Show is taking your calls now at 616-774-2424. Now more of... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show. I know every crack in these dirty sidewalks of Broadway. And my friends across the fruited and rooted plain. Rick Doug Christie, the Flowerland Show, our tradition on the program. A lot of people tell me they look forward to this every week to sing along with Rick Doug Christie. From down under to the UK, coast to coast, across the US and north into Canada, thank you very much for tuning us in. I hear you, I hear you, let me hear you. Sing it at the top of your lungs. And we thank you very much, our friends across the fruited and rooted plain, for tuning in the Flowerland Show, making it your Saturday morning habit. Thank you, thank you very much. All right, we're going to head back to uh, busy phone lines. Uh, have kept Marigold uh, very busy over there. As a matter of fact, uh, Marigold, you better put your headset on and pull that mic up there. we got to check in with her this morning, make sure she's okay. Maybe she needs a little coffee or something. Uh, and uh, let's first uh, talk to uh, Clay in Byron Center. Clay, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. I thought maybe you'd just find it interesting to know. My dad was at the 9-11 Memorial uh, a couple years ago, okay. and he's got quite the green thumb. Mm-hmm. And I now have a swamp white oak in my backyard that was started from acorns at the 9-11 Memorial. Hey. That's cool. Hey, interesting. That's great. By the way, I was going to ask you, uh, Clay, living in Byron Center, you've got the perfect name, living in Byron Center, let me tell you. Well, the irony is I'm in North Byron here, and I have mostly sand yeah. and, and gravel down there. <laughs> wow. So those acorns will do well in that. Yes, yes. They're, uh, I, I grow, things grow well over here. 
Uh, Clay, so how are the uh, uh, white swamp oak uh, seedlings doing? How big are they? Uh, they're doing pretty well. Right now, they're, they're only about 6, 8, 10 inches tall. But, okay. uh, but they're definitely uh, they're doing well. They're growing well. Wow, fantastic. Hey, thanks for sharing that with us. Hey, you betcha. All right, enjoy your day. 616-774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. Hey, uh, by the way, let me check in with Mary Gold over here a minute. Mary, turn your mic on there. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good, good. We're keeping you busy over there. Are you doing okay? I'm doing good, yeah. Definitely busy phone lines today. Do you need anything like coffee, maybe a Danish, something like that? No, I'm good. She's good. You, you notice he didn't offer that to us, Doug. No, no. coffee, no That's Danish. Because he has neither. He has neither. No, he's just offering. I'm just special. <laughs> oh, I, let me talk about being special. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I'm the special one around here. Oh, dead silent. <laughs> All right, thanks for your work, Mary Gold. Thanks. All right, uh, Jamie in Nuego is next. Jamie, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Hello. Hello. What's up, Jamie? Um, I laid sod this August, like mid-August. And before we put it down, we used the 19, 19, 19. And I also used a grub control after we laid it. Um, I just wondered, I know we're supposed to fertilize every holiday. I just wondered if there's anything else I need to do to get ready for winter here. Well, you, re- you really want to keep at least four to six weeks between each fertilizer application. So kind okay. of count back from when you, when you fertilize and get at least four weeks away from that. Fall feeding, okay. good time to call because fall feeding is extremely important. A lot of people will fertilize right around now and then do it again in late October, even into late November, because the plants will continue to feed as the roots develop. And with new sod, you want that root development. Yeah, we have, uh, I've been checking underneath and um, the sunny areas are really taking root, but the shadier areas haven't because now we're getting all this rain. So uh, they haven't really rooted yet. Yeah, but the rain's good. So right, rain is we're good. Hope, right. We're happy about that. Yeah. So yeah, fertilizing um, fertilizing four weeks from the time you put the sod down, good idea. And then again, late October into early November. Okay, and then you said something about seeding. Should I like be seeding the shady areas? Because some of the spots are kind of turning yellow now, and I don't know if that's from this rain and how it hasn't taken root yet. Or my guess would be, who knows what uh, kind of sod this is? But Doug. My guess would be that this is maybe a species that is not uh, happy in the shade. Happy in the shade. But typically, it's it a sun-loving shade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you you could see this is an excellent time of the year to seed, and you could seed with a shady mix specifically for your conditions. They there are shady blends made just for that situation. Yeah, overseed it and feed it. Yep. I might even take a hard, a hard bow saw and just scratch the soil where the sod's not attaching very well, just to see what's there. Oh, okay. Um, right. maybe, maybe there's root, maybe there's competition that you don't see and the root has nowhere to go. But yeah, that doesn't surprise me that the shade's taking a little longer than the sunny spot. Yeah, we uh, got Kentucky bluegrass. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was from that Ludberg around Lansing area. Right. They came up and delivered. So. And, yeah. and that's, that's, that would explain it. Yeah, because Kentucky bluegrass is going to want eight to ten hours of good sunlight a day to be happy. Oh, got ya. Okay. That sounds great. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you very much, Jamie. Appreciate that. 616-774-2424. Number here on the Flowerland Show. I want to add this word to my uh, vocabulary. I, I ran across it this past week. I think it's choir, not the not the group that sings in church. But Q- Choir. Yeah. 
Q-U-I-R-E, choir. I like choir. It's the leaves within a manuscript. Isn't that cool? It's a choir. choir. It's a choir. It's. But if you said that, we'd all think voices singing exactly. together. <laughs> exactly. I would think he was mispronouncing choir. Yeah, I know. Choir. But he said that, yeah. Q-U-I-R-E, choir. Choir. The leaves you within. You got to say it really snotty like that. Choir. <laughs> It's the only way it sounds right. <laughs> the leaves within a manuscript. So Choir. There you have it. Not to make a batra chromomaki out of it. You still ain't got that right. I know. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. mountain out of a molehill. All right, 616-774. Yeah, whatever he says. Bob in Wyoming is next. Bob, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Well, good morning. How you doing? Bob, staying grounded. What's going on, my friend? Well, by golly, we got a weird one. We got, um, I wonder if we're concerned, but we've got a maple tree, I should say several maple trees. Apparently the birds planted them years ago, and they're all separate. But I've noticed lately the roots are coming up to the ground, and there's actually 12 of them all grown together, holding each other together. There is no trunk, per se. Is that something to be concerned about, or you think would be all right? So you're talking about exposed tree roots, Bob? Right. The, okay. the tree roots are coming up to the ground lately. Well, you know, a lot of people have the misconception that with trees, the roots go way down they deep don't. into the ground, and they don't. They work their way to the surface competing for moisture and nutrients. Uh, they fan out, out to the drip line. As a matter of fact, the previous caller who was struggling with turf in the shade, it's part of the reason why turf is difficult to grow under a tree, not necessarily because of the shade, but because of the root competition. So it's pretty typical for a maple tree to be doing that, Bob. Especially the fast-growing varieties. You're going to see that at the soil level. So is there concern? Yes, there's concern. Is it normal? Yeah, it's probably normal. Generally, some of the slower varieties will go a little bit deeper into the ground. But as a rule, Rick's right. They're going to stay right at the surface. So. Probably okay, some- now, now being 12 separate trees all grown together, is there any concern they're going to fall or anything? That's what I'm concerned about. Sure, there's always that yeah. concern. As a matter of fact, arborists do a lot of work in the winter, Bob, uh, taking out trees that are uh, threatening a structure or were not pr- uh, planted properly. Uh, absolutely, that's a concern and something that you have to take a look at. Well, and they're at. all fighting for the same nutrients like exactly. you said earlier. Exactly. So, okay, do you recommend anybody to come out and look at them? Or? We have a lot of wonderful arborists in West Michigan, professionals that will do great, uh, great work for you. Earlier on the program, we had Bartlett tree experts, uh, Brian McKenzie. Uh, there are a lot of good people in West Michigan who do that kind of work. And, Bob, they stay busy all winter long. Which means you want to call early. <laughs> yes. <laughs> get, oh, get a, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep, get in contact early and you should be all right. Good luck to you, Bob. We'll take a break here on the Flowerland Show. Get to more of your calls. Folks on hold from West Olive to Cedar Spring. Cedar Springs, not spring. I think they have multiple springs there. Cedar Springs, right? Yes. Would that be correct? Yes. yes. Plural. And uh, Muskegon. So uh, we'll get to your calls after the break. <laughs> It's the Flowerland Show, your Saturday morning. Stay tuned.
plant it, mow it, or grow it, they know it. Now, more of Rick, Doug, and Christy and the Flowerland Garden Show on Wood Radio. All right, maintain your composture. We're here for you on the Flowerland Show. Visit myflowerland.com. Big doings there later on this week. Thank you very mulch.com. Look for us on Facebook. You can look for myself also on Facebook. Try and share some uh, great information throughout the week. Rick Doug Christie on your Saturday morning engineer producer extraordinaire. John Ilk at the controls today. Mary Gold, great job. Behind the glass, lining up calls from all over the fruited and rooted plain. Before we go back to the phone lines, by the way, I thought this was interesting this past week in Fort Myers, Florida. A woman who was trimming her trees was uh, attacked by an alligator. I've seen that. So be thankful we don't have that problem here in West Michigan as we advise people to do some pruning. The 27-year-old woman had been working near the water. That's always a sign, Mm -hmm. right? In North Fort Myers when the 10-foot reptile ambushed her. I like that use of words. Ambushed. Ambushed her, according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife conservation commission so they uh, by the way they took her to the hospital she was treated for injuries to both legs but she's going to be okay she's in stable condition do you think they have they they have alligator season down there where you hunt alligator don't you was there some show on there where they used to hunt alligators i would think so yeah yeah i would think so i don't know i've never done it nor do I have any desire to do I can't do it. get you guys to go do the python hunt with me. <laughs> Every year I ask and you say no. I'd say, see you later, alligator. I'm not doing that. Go out there in a rowboat in the dark? No, Are you kidding you. me? With a, with a raw piece of meat on a hook. Oh, <laughs> not a chance. Not a chance, Lance. Not going to do that. Would an airboat work? <laughs> airboat would be fun to ride around in, but I'd make sure I was moving fast enough so that alligators would not be an issue. Uh that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, where do we go from here? Uh, we're going to talk to Joe in Muskegon. Joe, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Hello, Joe. All right, we're going to put Joe on hold here a minute. And uh, Mary Gold, if you can requeue Joe, we will try Carrie in Hudsonville. Carrie, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. How are you doing? Carrie, staying grounded. What's going on? I have four bobo hydrangeas, and two of them are together, and then 10 feet away, we have two more, The and they, we face east. Two of them are uh, blooming florific, just a ton of blooms, yep. and the other two have only maybe five or six blooms each on them. Interesting. And they were planted at the same time, Carrie? Yes. For folks keeping score at home, bobo is a panicled hydrangea, a beautiful uh, proven winner's plant. Uh, Doug, I love bobo hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. It's curious, you know, and the east facing is ideal for hydrangeas, Carrie. And well, in for my the opinion. size and the way that it blooms, it's yeah. probably one of the better bloomers. So, um, oh, they're huge. They're almost four feet tall and probably four feet wide. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So you're doing something right? Any pruning, by the way? My husband prunes them every year. Okay, good. They shouldn't be four feet blooming. though. I mean, that's pretty big for that's bobo. That's pretty big. That's big for oh bobo. no, I think they're. They're they're bigger than what they sh- said they're supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, three feet is normally, yeah. We have nine barks behind them, and we're going to have to probably remove them because <laughs> you can't you, see the nine uh, barks. You have a green thumb, Carrie. 
Oh, my husband does, not me. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So the first place we always, you know, are you feeding them? Are you fertilizing them at all? Yes, yes, yes. And what you feed them he with? Do you have any idea? I don't know. Okay. That would be my husband, so and he's what I, doing the lawn right now. No, that's fine. <laughs> yep. So what we want to do is we really want to work on the high middle number, not so much the first number. Start there. And then the pruning thing, you know, Rick did say that they bloom in old new wood, no problem. Make sure we're not pruning, but you're probably pruning them at the same time as well. Um, Correct. Yeah. What, um, what time of the year is he pruning them, Carrie? I would say after, pretty close to winter, okay. you know. Okay. That's yep. a good time. That's good. Yes. Yep. Early yeah. spring, either winter. Not you know. a, well, no, 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 no. Wait, maybe he might have pruned them in early spring because we might have left them up because we left the blooms on them yep. to give yeah. them. That's fine. Definition it's not that big a deal, yeah. but you know, winter is a great time to prune and it blooms on the same year's wood. So you're fine. Uh, you know, some flower tone like Doug's talking about scratched into the soil might be good, especially if they're near a lawn area where we're applying nitrogen, but still it doesn't explain the fact that two are blooming great. Well, the only thing I can think of is, is a North South thing where maybe the one had more exposure this spring to that, that coldness than the other side, but that yeah. still doesn't make a lot of yeah. No, that's why I'm like, my, my husband, I'm like, what's going on? So. Yeah. I don't think there's a real simple answer to this. I think you just got to try a couple of different things. Um, okay. You know, and have they, have they both performed over time or is it just a one year deal? Is it? This is the second year that it's happened. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That really is interesting. Um, I know. That's why I called you. Yeah. That's, I'll tell you what, uh, can you shoot a picture of the four together? And send it to info at myflowerland.com. Info at my flower. Yes, I can. Send that to me. I wanna I I wanna take a look at this and uh, and we'll chat about it. Cause you know, they like the other panicled hydrangeas, quick fire, pinky winky, all of those limelight we have they're, pinky winky too. Yeah, they're very uh-huh. reliable bloomers. Uh, yeah. so send me the picture and uh, let's interact on that. Okay. And by the way, pugsters are awesome. Oh, they are fabulous. If you're keeping score at home, Pugster is a Budlea or butterfly bush, but they're nice and short and they bloom their heads off. Right, Carrie? That, oh, yeah. And you probably can get 20 to 30 butterflies sometime on them. Exactly. Exactly. So have a great day. Thank Th- you. Thanks, Carrie. Take care. 616-774-2424. Our number, Ken, is calling from West Olive. Ken, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Good morning. We, I have, I live in a wooded area, mm-hmm. and I have mostly oak trees. Yep. And a couple of years ago, a few of them died off, and then a couple more died off. And this past year, I had a pretty nice big one, probably with a kind of a double oak tree, probably mm-hmm. about sixteen inches of stump size or mm-hmm. log size. Yep. And it died off, mm-hmm. and I hear oak wilt. Mm-hmm. You might want to have somebody come out, an arborist come out and investigate that because oak wilt will spread from tree to tree. Um, it's usually done through some sort of damage in the, in the initial tree. The picnic beetle comes, carries the virus, but you might want to have somebody come out. It will continue to spread. Yeah, if anybody's doing any pruning, cutting, that sort of thing, you're going to want to do that in the winter, Ken. Uh, not okay, well, I'm not. Go ahead. I'm not doing cutting or pruning now, but I, I'd like to get the dead ones down. Yeah, yeah. I think that, the, uh, yes, you can take them out. But again, my recommendation would be to wait with removal of trees and cutting and pruning until uh, we reach dormancy. It's a and great, it would be a great project to start in November and through winter. It'd be an ideal thing to do. 
Okay, that kind of was my plan. Yeah. Mark the trees that you want to take out and then go ahead and cut them uh, this winter. Thanks for your call. Ron in Sparta next. Ron, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Oh, good morning. Good I'm morning. a 83-year-old farmer out pruning my trees in my apple orchard, and I just love your show. Well, thank and you very much, I, Ron. I don't have any questions. But I just love Christie's cackle. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ron. And, anyway, I've never seen a picture of her. So, on my mind, I'm trying to picture her. So. <laughs> well, that's dangerous. <laughs> well, Ron, Ron, uh, Christy does not allow her picture to be taken. She's uh, she's dodging okay. she's dodging some people. You won't but... find me anywhere on social media. I don't let my picture get taken. Nothing in writing. Nothing recorded. Okay. Deny, deny, well, deny. Well, well, maybe I better take you out for dinner sometime. There you go. Ron will put you down as one who is that. Part... She'll do. I'm talking to you. Wonderful show. All right. I thank you it. very much, Ron. Appreciate okay. that. Mark down another part of the uh, Christie fan yeah. club. Doug, why don't you and I yeah, just leave? We will. All right. Thank you for tuning in the Flowerland Show on your Saturday morning. If you're on hold, we'll try and pick up the phone line here in the studio and help out a few folks. Share the podcast. Visit myflowerland.com. Thank you very mulch.com, woodradio.com. Look for the Flowerland Show podcast and share it with your friends and neighbors. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. And let's get back together again next Saturday morning, all right? It's a deal. In the meantime, Christy, enjoy your dinner with Ron. Steak. Crawl <laughs> off the plate. You can't go. All the plants are going to die. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.